number nine, please. And I thought, well, hallelujah, some more Southerners on this elevator. And, and I just turned and I said, well, where are you from? She said, from Colorado. <laughs> she said, I was just being funny. <laughs> I said, well, I'm from Tennessee and I ain't laughing. I said, well, look, I've got the real thing, baby. It ain't nothing like the real thing. Actually, I said, well, then y'all have a good day. <laughs> that was good. It's good to be back home. We had a great time on vacation. Pastor John and Kristen, are, uh, today is their, their anniversary, and so they are taking a little time to, to be together. So uh, we send them, they send their love. I talked to them this morning and said, make sure the Hills family know we love them. We're thinking about them even um, our time away, and so uh, their hearts are here with you. And uh, so make sure you send them a little love, a little social media, uh, send them a little note. They'd love to hear from you, no doubt. Well, we've been in a great series called Essentials, and so we want to continue that today. How many know there are certain things you got to have along the way? If you're gonna if you're gonna do things right, you got to have the right things. And uh, the first question my wife asked me when we were on the plane home from vacation, she said, "What did you pack that we didn't need?" I was like, "Well, I need everything." Even if I didn't use it, I needed it as an option. It helps me. I like options. And uh, so we had to go through the list of, okay, next year I will not take this or this thing. And, uh, but, but, but I will say this. There were some things I'm so glad I took that I had with me on this trip. And uh, the, the same goes for our lives. There, as we pursue the God, God's plans for our life, as we do life together with people going in the same direction, there are things that we want to take with us on this journey of life, a journey of a lifetime. And there are essentials that we need. And so that's what we've been talking about. Last week, Pastor John uh, spoke about freedom, one of the essentials that we need in our life, to live God's very best for our, for our journey. And that's where we're coming from. This is about God's best for our life. There are some things we can settle for, but we don't want to just settle for, for just an average, for average things or, or less than God's best for our life. We're talking about what is God's best for us. And so we're going to continue today, and today we're going to talk about our words. We're going to talk about life-giving words, speaking life-giving words over our lives, in our lives, through our lives, to people in our lives, in their lives. Hopefully they're doing the same for us. Amen? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Growing up was a, the, the scripture when we talked about words in church. The, the, the first proverb, the first scripture ever quoted uh, in all those that I could remember was always Proverbs 18, 21. 21. And it says this, the power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. In the words that we speak, we can speak life or we can speak death, right? We can speak life into our world or we can speak death into our world. We can speak hope and peace or we can speak despair and discouragement, right? Two, two contradicting ways of, of speaking. And so uh, our world really is created. If you think about it, the, the significance of what we say in our life and our world really is affected by the kind of words we use. I want to tell you from personal experience, we can be, we, uh, my, home, my home life is definitely predicated on the, if I'm using life words, <laughs> good words, or if I'm using bad words. Words that bring life and hope, encouragement, or if I'm bringing words that are discouraging, despair, confusion. Here's what your words can do. They can make good situations much better, but they can make bad situations much worse. There's nothing like a tense moment with, with your spouse and to say a bad thing, <laughs> to, say, 
not life-giving words. Wow, it's, we must have a lot of married folks in this today. It got quiet. That ain't funny. Our words can bring life to a situation. I've been in situations where things were not so good, and I've said something dumb, and it got much worse. But I've also been in situations that were pretty good. And then by the right word, it became really great moments. And that's what I want to talk to you about. We can affect, our world can be affected by the words that we use. It can, we can create atmospheres. We can create experiences with our words. And, and it's God's desire for us to do that, to use that. Listen, God created our, word, our world with words. Read Genesis. It says that he stared into blackness, to void, to darkness, and he began to speak our world into existence. He said, let there be the moon and the sun and the stars. Let there be trees. He didn't pick up clay and say, okay, all right, here's a tree. He said, let there be. He spoke it into existence. And so it is for our life is that we've got to make sure that we're speaking life words into our world. I'll, I'll give you a good little visual for this. My, my uh, sister has three kids, and her oldest one, her name is Emma. And uh, Emma's uh, a little older than this sto- when this story took place, but she's got a great imagination, such a sweet, dear little, little, little lady. And uh, when she was probably about three, her favorite cartoon was a cartoon called, well, here's what she said, Whoa, Whoa. When she came, the first time she came to visit, she said that. I said, baby, uh, say that one more time. I had to get my sister and say, tell me what she's saying. Whoa, world. Oh, that's word world. Oh, that's not what she said. She said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there was a cartoon. It may still be on now. In fact, uh, it, was, it was so entertaining, but it was called Word World. <laughs> I'm going to say it only a couple more times real slow, okay? Word world. And it was it, the whole premise of this cartoon was these characters that would, their whole world was made up of their words. And so if they were walking through a field and there was a tree, a tree would be made of the letters, T-R-E-E. And they would look in the sky and they would see a sun and it would be S-U-N in the shape of a sun and the clouds so, and so on. And so their whole world was made up of the words. And any time they wanted to have a new adventure or a new season they were going through to learn something new, it started with their words. And they would create a new experience with their words. And they would learn how to say those words, use those words. They'd put them in sentences, and they would apply them to their life. And so if there was a story about a cow, the cow would come out. They would have to spell it, C-O-W, cow, and here come the cow. And then, Okay, you get it. I'm going to move past that. But the thought is that, that their world was really created. These experiences were created by their words. And that's really the way God designed us. It's in our DNA to want to use our words to express ourselves. But what I want to challenge your thinking on today is that you can use those words to direct your life, to direct good atmospheres, great experiences with your family, and, and, and how you can use those things in, in the plans and the purpose God has for your life to create a, a great world around you. Not saying that everything will always be great, but it's the, how you speak to those things and, and the, the environment in which you handle those things can be life-giving. Romans 8 says uh, that the life-giving spirit inside of us has given us freedom from sin and death. Freedom. God's Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. So if we're going to live in God's best, we're talking about essentials, right? If we're going to have God's best in our our world, (laughs) I knew it was going to happen. In our life, it starts with our words. 
it includes our words that we're speaking life over our situation. We're speaking from a place of godliness in our world. And that comes through life-giving words. I think it's interesting that God would, God would connect the quality of our life with the way we speak. It's so intriguing to me. It's, it's not the production of our hands or what we do. It's not even our, it's, it's not even our, uh, uh, our job, our purpose necessarily, but our quality of life would be connected to our words. This is a great, a great proverb, excuse me, a great psalm for you. Psalms 34 says this, Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Maybe I should pull the audience. Does anybody want to live a life that's long and prosperous? Okay. I was a little shocked, about 50%. <laughs> You get to choose. (laughs) If you want to live a life long and prosperous, well, buckle your seatbelt because here's the answer. The next verse says, then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. What? That's crazy. You mean I can have a lot, the quality of my life can can be long and prosperous. Longevity can be fruitful, can flourish. My life can flourish by doing this right here. Sign me up. By my words, by the things that I speak, the things that I say will be affected in my world. I want to tell you, if if that's the case, then I want to make sure I'm saying the right things. I don't want to speak bad things. I don't want to speak evil things. I don't want to speak despair, discouragement. I want to speak life things. If my life can be directly affected by those things. And so if I'm going to speak life words, I need to think life words. I need to get life words because here's another scripture for you. Out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. And so if I'm going to change my words, I've got to change my heart. I've got to have the right things inside of me. I've got to make sure because when we begin to speak those truths, it changes everything around us. There's a, there is a certainty that comes with life-giving words. There is a hope that comes with, with truthful words. Things that are not evil, things that are not ungodly. Listen, when you're speaking God words, you're speaking truth. Bottom line. And you need to make sure, let me give you an example how, how much certainty it brings into our heart when we're speaking life-giving words. What if Philippians 4.13, what if Philippians 4.13 says this? You could do some things through Christ who gives you strength. Well, I can do some things through me who gives me strength. <laughs> right? It's a whole different paradigm, perspective of life. But he actually said, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. There's, it's a totally different paradigm. It's a totally way of, a total different confidence, a way of living when you have that confidence in your heart. And so you've got to make sure what I'm asking you today is, are you speaking the right words over your life? Are you speaking life-giving words over your family, over your relationships, over your plans and the purposes for your life? Because it matters. It matters what you're saying. It matters what's coming out of you. Proverbs 21, this is a great verse, says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue, whoever guards his mouth or tongue, keeps his soul from troubles. I want to tell you, our, our, the troubles in our life, again, the quality of our life, directly connected to how we speak. I like to say it like this. Your words can set the direction for your life. They can determine... Am I going to follow this dream or am I going to follow their dream? Am I going to follow God's plans for my life or their plans for my life? Am I going to have the faith and the hope to believe for what God says I can have 
Or am I going to believe what they're saying for my life? Amen? Our tongue, our words can speak life. Let me give you this. You can read this later for you. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. You can write this down and, and later read through. This is great. Start with verse, verse 3. The writer says that, look, our tongue, he, he starts talking about the, our tongue and our mouth and, and the things that we speak. He says, listen, he starts comparing it to a bridle that's put into a horse's mouth. And he says, you can put such a small bridle, such a small bit in such a big beast's mouth, and it can control it. Something so little can determine the direction of something so big. Then he goes on to say a big ship. He says, it's like a ship, a massive ship, but it's steered by such a small little rudder. Such a small little thing can turn such big things. Then he says, the tongue is like a spark, can start a fire. Anybody ever started a fire with a word or two? I need, my first year of marriage, I needed a resident fireman, if you know what I'm saying. We should just go, I'm going to, I should have bought a house right next to the fire department because I, I was setting fires all the time with my words. But it's so true that our words can, I mean, we can really dictate our lives by the kind of words that we speak. We can cause peace or we can cause turmoil. We can cause today to be a good day or to be a bad day. And here's the deal. Life's going to happen. There's going to be good things and bad things happening the way. I choose to have as much good as I can. And so it takes us guarding our lips, guarding us. Here's what that, to me, guarding is an action word. It takes, it's a, it's a responsibility word for me. It means that we've got to be proactive in what we're saying. You're not just going to naturally speak good words all the time. You're not going to naturally be life-giving in every scenario. But if you're intentional about it, you can speak life-giving words into any situation. doesn't mean you have to approve of it. doesn't mean you have to say it's a good idea, but you can still be life-giving about it. You can still speak life into any situation. And so I want to talk to you just about that the next few minutes together, just to give you a couple, three key areas, three key areas. If we're setting direction in our life with our words, I want to give you three key areas that our words affect. Number one is our relationships. Our relationships, they're huge. It's, it's a huge part of our life. It's a huge part of our life. If we're going to have people around us, if we're going to be around other people, then we've got to, we want to be people that, that honor and celebrate life-giving words. We want that in our life. And, the, and to have good relationships, I, I spoke about relationships recently here at, at the Hills, and, and the, one of the things that we talked about was, listen, good friends want to be around good friends. Good people want to be around good people. And so same with life-giving words. People who speak life want to be around other people who speak life. And so if you want to be someone who has life-giving friends in your life, then I'm encouraging you today to be one who speaks life into people's world. Listen, you don't have to look hard or look very far or look very long to find a negative opinion. Right? It's It's pretty easy these days. In fact, all I have to do is wake up and start talking to myself, and I can get pretty negative pretty fast some days. <laughs> I don't even need you. <laughs> I can depress myself. <laughs> so, the difference, so the difference is, the distinction is, be someone who speaks life, even over your own heart, over in your own life. If you're going to have good people in your life, life-giving people, be one who speaks life into other people's world. Be someone, listen, if they're going through a discouraging situation, they don't, you don't have to be Captain Obvious. 
girl, this is bad. Oh, thank you. I know. You see it too? How bad it is? Be the friend that steps in there and says, listen, you got this. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. He is the hope that makes a difference. In our, listen, if you pray, you can, you can believe and God will answer you. Amen. I believe that. So much better. Such, listen, you, wanna, you want to be that person because you want those people in your life. I'm telling you, you want godly people. It matters when you're on life's journey, when you're going through God, God's plan and purpose for your life, and you're just walking through the grind. You want people who can encourage you. It matters who's speaking into your life. There's a great story in, in 1 Samuel chapter 9. And Saul, uh, his father, loses his donkeys, loses the donkeys. And his, his, his dad says, all right, I need you to take this guy with you right here, and you guys go find him and come bring him back to me. Okay, okay, I got it. I can handle that. That's pretty easy. And the Bible says, the story goes on to say that they went from town to town searching, and they were looking and up and down. And, man, it's just like, it, it's it's kind of like our lives. It's like you go out, you set out to do something, and you get discouraged because you don't find it right away. And, and you, you're just like, well, I'm going to give it one more shot. And you go to the next town, and it's like, here, donkey, donkey. <laughs> here, purpose, purpose. Here, dream, dream, dream. I'm looking for you. Come true, come true. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> no, really. Today. And then he says, okay, well, not today wasn't the day. This wasn't the city. This, this wasn't the town yet, so I'm going to this one. And he goes to the next one. And, and, and the story goes on to say eventually Saul, Saul kind of had one of those hands, throw his hands up moments. <sighs> oh, this is crazy. Right here looking for these things. They're, we're going this way. I'm sure they're going. We haven't even seen them yet. We know they're alive. We know they're real, but I just don't know where they are. And he looks at the guy with him and he says, look, let's go back home. I think I've had enough of this, this dream chasing stuff. This, man, I don't know. It's, this is getting to be too long. I'm a little tired, a little exhausted. Emotionally, I'm spent. I was a little hopeful the first couple places. Now I'm a little like enough is enough, you know. And this is where the life-giving part comes in. The guy that was with him didn't say, bro, isn't that the truth? We've been out here chasing rabbits, chasing donkeys, sorry. We've been out here wasting our time, man. No, here's what, that, here's what the life-giving person in his life said. He spoke a little hope. He said, listen, let's go a little further. He said, man, come on, we've come all this way. Let's don't stop now. He said, you know what? In fact, I think there's even a, a, a man of God up in this next. Let's see if he'll pray for us. Let's just go see if he can give us any help. Oh, man, we've been so, uh, come on, man, we can do this. Let's go. We've come on. Let's don't wait. Come on. We got this. Come on, Saul, you can do this. Okay, man, all right. You're, you, all right, you know what? Let's go. Let's go a little further. Saul went looking for the donkeys. And I want you to know that next city, the next town, because he didn't turn around and go back. Because someone spoke life into his situation. Saul ended up being anointed as king in that next city. What if Saul had turned around and went back home? Listen, someone spoke life into him. Man, I want to tell you, a good friend goes a long way when it comes to purpose and this journey of a lifetime we're talking about. Having the right people to speak into your situation, to speak into your heart and your life, you want those kind of people. You want those kind of relationships, and you want to be that person. You want to be that friend to Saul too. You want to be, listen, it would have been very easy for him to say, man, you're right. It's, it's just, this is, 
getting a little crazy. We haven't even seen him. But instead, he chose faith and hope and life and spoke that into his heart. I want to tell you, as parents, this is a very big key to you. This is a very big key. Speak life-giving words over your kids. I want to tell you, you're, you are the number one influencer on affirming their heart and their life, their dreams, their passions. you got to make sure you're speaking that over them. Sons and daughters, you got to honor Honor your parents. Speak life. Speak respect into their into that relationship. Make sure you're you're affirming that relationship with them. I want to tell you, my wife and I were uh, we we love to watch. We don't watch a whole lot of TV, but we watch this a lot of the singing shows and uh, uh, the singing competitions. And so, uh, who thanks to Hulu, we don't miss an episode. And so uh, we we will catch up. We'll have those 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 late nights. We're like. Okay, dinner's over, you ready? Let's go to bed. Or we could watch like three episodes tonight. <laughs> who needs sleep? Let's see who won the third round. And so we were watching one of these shows a little while back and uh, a few years ago, and we were watching one, and, and it kind of got, it gotten down to like the semifinals or something at the very end there. was like five or six of them left, and, and they were going to do these little interviews, and they were showing them on the show. And the, the questions they were asking, like, well, what will this mean to you? Like, well, what, what would it mean to any of us? Oh, my gosh, it's going to change my world. And everybody, these answers, you know, what, what about that million dollars? What is it going to do for you? Well, what would it do for you? It would be like, rock my world, a million dollars. And, and there are all these crazy answers. And there's one teenage girl, young girl in her early teens. And they got to her, and they, they were interviewing her, and she was just doing all the fun teenager stuff, talking about how cool it's been and the meeting the stars. And they said, okay, well, well, well what would this win mean to you? How will this change your life? And she had this big grin, and, and I'm, I've got in my head, okay, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to buy a new car for, for my mom. And, you know, it's like she's just rehearsing what all the others had said. And she said, well, when I win this thing, I just want my dad to tell me he was proud of me. I want him to say, I'm proud of you, and I love you. I've never heard him say that. I'm horrible. I was still trying to spend the million dollars. <laughs> but I want to tell you, parents, your affirmation is a key that will unlock greatness into your kid's life. Your affirmation is unlike anybody else's affirmation. Your love unlocks something that no one else's love can unlock. When, you, when they are in your home and you can speak hope and life over there, I want to encourage you. Listen, I just feel Jesus on that. so strong to encourage you to do that. Listen, Jesus' ministry started when he was baptized by John the Baptist. He came up out of that water, and the Bible says that, that the, the heavens opened, and God, his Father, our Father, looked down at him and said, That's my boy. That's my son, whom I am well pleased. And his ministry began. There's something significant about affirmation. There's something vital that we all, listen, it's in all of us. We want affirmation. I want to encourage you, the, the greatest way, if you didn't get it, you can still give it. You, if you didn't get affirmation from your mother or your father, I want to tell you, you can give it. You can still give affirmation. Be, be, be a parent who's going to give life to your kids. Amen? Speak life over them. Speak life. First thing is our relationships. The second thing is our reputation. Talk about key areas that our life-giving words will direct. Our relationships 
and then our reputation. How do people see you? Your words have a huge impact on that. It's vital that we speak life if we're going to have a a, a good life-giving reputation. If we're going to be godly people, we've got to speak godly things. I love this verse in Colossians. It says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive. You can stop right there. Man, that's enough challenge in itself. Just to be gracious and attractive in your conversation. Attractive means people want to be a part of it. People want to talk to you. I know people when I see them in a room, holla, I'm out. Like, I'll talk to this pole. I'll look crazy. I don't care. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, God, they're getting closer. Oh, no. Listen, I, you don't want to have the reputation of, of not being life-giving. Don't, you want to be a gracious and attractive communicator. You want someone who's talking, life-giving. And then the second part of that verse says, so that you may have the right response to every person. Practice being gracious and attractive in your life. Your reputation is at stake in it. You want to be that kind of person. Listen, uh, any face? Don't don't raise your hand. Any Facebookers in the house? Come on! It was like at least ninety percent in here. We all got Facebook. And uh, I remember having a conversation with my mom uh, a little while back, and uh, and she she uh, she she uh, yep she loves Facebook a whole lot. Okay, and uh, she was she said I guess who's on Facebook who I ran across who became my friend. I said well I don't know. Tell me who. She mentioned the person's name. They were from a neighborhood that we'd grown up in. And uh, she said, oh, man, I haven't seen them in so long. I'm so looking forward to reconnecting and maybe them being a part of our life again. I said, okay, great. Well, uh, I didn't take but uh, two or three weeks. I, we're talking one day. I said, oh, well, how is so-and-so? Any good news going on there? She's like, I had to block them. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I had to buy, well, what caused that kind of action? Well, they're just always negative. Even if something good was going on on Facebook, they would always say something negative about it. And I thought to myself, well, isn't that a pity? Here you are, here's a lady who wants this person to be a part of their world, wants to be a friend, and had to go the blocking, the, the block route just because of negativity, didn't even get to see, hadn't even got to see them in person, but because of their words, knew the kind of person they were. Their reputation was set by negative words. Listen, be, be someone who's communicate. Listen, you don't have, it doesn't take any ingenuity, it doesn't take any Christianity, any, uh, it doesn't take any prayer life to be negative. My Sunday school teacher, anybody go to Sunday school back in the day? School on Sunday? I thought they were closed. My Sunday school teacher used to say this, that opinions are like feet. Most everybody's got them and usually say stink. It doesn't take long to get, a, to get a stinky opinion, you know what I'm saying? But listen, it takes someone who's guarding their mouth, who's decided in their heart, I want to be a life-giving person. I want to speak life into that situation. It takes a mature person to control themselves and be intentional about speaking life into a situation. You don't have to... You don't have to work hard at spouting off and saying something negative or crude. Be a person who commits to being life-giving, that wants to have life-giving words. We're talking about essentials for God's best in our life. Be someone who's helpful and encouraging. That's a great verse in Ephesians. says, look, don't, don't use foul or abusive language. Don't use it. Just don't even use it. Don't, don't, not even occasionally. Don't use foul or abusive language, period. It's pretty simple. 
Don't use that. But instead, let everything you say be good and helpful. What if you made that day? Just think of all of us in here right now. How would it affect our world if we decided we're not going to say anything unless it was good or helpful? Man, it's a true game changer, good or helpful, so that your words be an encouragement to those who hear them. I would love to, be, to know that anyone in my world would call me an encourager. Encourager. Listen, I can discourage myself. Again, I don't need help. What if you were the one that people look to for encouragement in their life? doesn't mean you have to say, yeah, tell lies, but speak life into their world. Be an encourager. Let your reputation be one that's life-giving so that others can see you as encouragement, encourager, someone that's good and helpful. Amen? Our words affect our relationship, set direction in our reputation. The third thing is I want to talk to you about our words affect is restoration, healing. Our words can heal or they can hurt. Our words can heal. Listen, there are so many verses on this. There are so many scriptures that talk about the significance of our words. I'm just, I've just picked a few out for you. But I want to tell you, our words play a big role in how we, we affect other people. We can, we can cause healing and hope in people's lives, or we can cause hurt, cause hurt so easily. It's so, I want to tell you one of the biggest lies, and I can remember they, told, they actually told me this in school one time. You've probably never heard this. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. The devil is a liar. I want you to know right there. The devil used my school teacher to tell me a lie. Sticks and stones break them up, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, right. I, I'm going to tell you, words hurt. And we want to, you want to be the kind of person that does not speak hurtful words. You want to speak life. Listen, it takes so much good to help us overcome one negative word. It takes so many positive. Listen, I can be walking through a hallway. This has actually happened to me before. I've walked down a hallway, and, and I've had 99 compliments. Maybe not 99, it looks actually, but I was walking down the hallway. 99 compliments. Man, it looks good. I love that. Girl. Boy, look at them jacket. Look at them shoes. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get right to the end of the hallway, and one person says, what, what are you wearing? <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> baby, baby. Bring me a new jacket. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, it's just not working today. <laughs> Listen, the negative, it's, we hold on, the negative affects us so much greater than the positive. Listen, you can, be, you can be the one that, you can be that one or you can be that 99 that speaks life and encourages someone. Compliment. Listen, give a compliment to someone. Help someone in life. Be, be the kind of person who speaks words. Listen, our, the negative words can entrap us. They can enslave us. It's a great verse in Ecclesiastes. says this, The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Thank you. It's good to hear. But the lips of a fool will swallow him up. Listen, I want to tell you, you may be like me in a season of my life where I let foolish words, hurtful words, swallow me up. I have lived more than one season of my life captive to negative things, to hurtful words. And I want to tell you, that's not God's best for your life. 
That's why we started off talking about Romans 8, because he says the life-giving spirit inside of you has set you free. It gives us life. It gives us hope. And our responsibility is to receive that and to not allow the foolishness, negative words, to swallow us up, to allow us to live captive. Listen, God doesn't want you to live bound by someone's hurtful words. And I I won't even go a step further and say, some of you, if you woke up this, this morning that way, God wants you to leave here free from that. His words are not hurtful words. His words are healing words. And it starts a little bit like this. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Maybe they've told you that you can't do what God's called you to do. Maybe they said, you've disappointed too many times. There's no more chances for you. Well, then I I got some life-giving words for you. God's grace is sufficient for your life. You realize what you're up against? That's just too big. Are Are you kidding me? Nope, this is no joke. You see this kind of mountain you're standing at the base? Look up at that thing. Yeah, I'm looking up. Because he said, that's where my help comes from. You want to talk about a mountain? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. Well, you know what? The, the, the faith, the size of a mustard seed. I can speak to a mountain and it move. That's, that's life-giving words. That's hope words. That's faith words in our life. I want to tell you today, some of you have got to, you've got to, we're going to start here today being life-giving people. We're going to start with our words, but, but we're also going to start with getting rid of hurtful words. I want to encourage you today, as John comes, I want, to, I want you to, to make up your mind that God's got life-giving plans for you, that he's got plans for you, that he doesn't want you to live underneath hurtful words and, and, and to, be, to, be, to be swallowed up, to be captured by those. He wants you to live free from anything that you've taken on that's not his best for your life. And it starts with words, amen? There's no doubt, in my, no doubt in my heart today that God wants to set some of us free from some hurtful things, some painful words. He says this. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Don't you worry about what those words have said. Don't you worry about what that negative person said. Don't you worry about what they keep saying over your life. Listen, I know the plans I have for you, and they're good plans. Jeremiah 29, 11. They're plans for a future and plans of hope, not despair. Those are life-giving words. Those are the words we begin our life on. Those are the words that we build our world on. Amen? Life-giving words. You receive that today? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you because I believe in this moment God wants to bring, we talked about reputation and relationships, but even what's going on in our nation, I believe it's so significant. Even before the last two weeks ago, God knew that we were going to talk about this today. And this last point would be restoration. Listen, there's going to, even in the days and weeks to come, we're going to hear a lot of negative things, but we're going to choose today to bring healing with our words. We're going to bring love and restoration and reconciliation with our words. It's, it's biblical. It's God's best for our life. But I want to encourage you today that it starts with getting past some of the hurtful words that we've heard in our hearts. I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment. And I want to pray over you. And I believe some of you today are at the place where you're ready to release something. You're ready to be free from something that was spoken to your heart, something that was spoken to your mind. And as I'm talking about this today, 
talking about those hurtful words. Kind of bubbles up in your heart a little bit. You hear that voice in your head. You say, man, I wish wish they had not said that to me. I wish I had not heard that. I wish I had not believed that. I want to tell you today, it can be a new beginning. It can be a fresh start in your life. And you can operate from a place of healing and no more hurt. Amen. I believe God wants to heal some of your hearts today.